everybody. Welcome back to episode 89 of Talk of Fame podcast with your host, Kylie Martini. I'm so excited to have on host of Miguel and Holly, Miguel, Miguel Fuller. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I feel very honored uh, to be a part of your uh, podcast fam. Thank you so much. So like, what made you want to pursue a career in radio? Is there anything that kind of pushed you to pursue like a, like a career in radio or anything? I was always super interested in entertaining people and the radio. Um, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, where there were tons of really, really creative, uh, out-of-the-box morning shows growing up. Uh, you had Barnes, Leslie, and Jimmy on 99X. Um, you had the Burt Show that's still there on Q99.7. And so I grew up in a city full of great radio, and I loved the laughing uh, the relatability, the callers. I mean, it was just a vibe that would get you set for the day. And I always thought to myself, I wanted to be in entertainment. I thought I wanted to maybe be an actor. And then I realized when I got to college that I could not remember lines. Um, so I figured probably the radio, my original love would be best to be able to go that route because I always have something to say. I have a personality um and i really like the connection part of that part of our job is being able to relate and to share the platform with our listeners and so i was really really attracted to that and so that's really what's uh fed my career and wanting to do it oh that's amazing like, did you have an experience prior to college like did you like start early on in like high school middle school with the radio or is this something that you just kind of started in college yeah, so actually, funny enough, my high, my middle school had a radio station. It was like a one-mile radius uh, radio station where we just did, like, the lunch menu, um, activities, stuff like that. It was WCMS, and we recorded it, you know, like, once a week, I think. And then when I was in high school, we had a radio station that broadcast to just the cafeteria in the morning. It was WRHS, and... It was, when I think back about it, and you probably don't even remember like a VHS tape, but yeah. we would have to like record songs from the radio on a VHS tape and then put it in to play it in the speaker system. I don't remember how we did it, but that was sort of like those first two experiences uh, were my first sort of uh, foray into doing um, anything with radio. That's crazy. It's crazy to think like, oh, like years ago, you use like VHS tapes and now you just get off your phone. It's crazy how much time. Absolutely. The uh, technology has been really cool to see how much it's evolved and how it's made things easier, but it hasn't, and when I say easier, I mean the amount of things that you're touching and doing in the studio, but it hasn't lessened the workload. It's actually added on more to it, but it's also going back to that connection to people, it's made that connection even stronger because of all the technology we have. Exactly. So you were the host of Miguel and Holly, which ended a couple months ago, right? Yeah. So we were doing Miguel and Holly um, in Tampa, Florida on uh, Hot 1015. Uh, we did that for seven years and we decided to make the jump to iHeartMedia and to Charlotte. And so that was a a really hard decision to make, to leave that radio station, the company, uh, the city 
we loved those people. We loved the uh, fans and the fam that we had built with that radio station. But that's sort of one of the things that you have to, what we've all learned after the pandemic, mm-hmm. is you have to start to make decisions for yourself. And we were both ready for a change. We were ready for a new challenge, for something different. And this opportunity came up and we said, this is probably going to sound like the craziest thing to people in the industry, mm-hmm. but it's what's going to fulfill us and make us feel good. So we made the jump. Yeah. Like what was like change like for you? Because obviously you guys were in Tampa, which is all the way down the country, like Florida and down, down there. And now you move all the way up to Charlotte. Like what? What was like the change like for you? Because obviously you live in Florida for a couple of years, and then you make the move all the way to North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina. It was so we've based we've been in Florida since two thousand eight. So we were there for a long time, just yeah. in different parts of it. So getting used to a whole new state. Um, I mean, and when we moved, it was February, so it was like kind of chilly in Florida, but it would still warm up in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. When we moved here, it was cold. Yeah. It, I was like, oh my gosh, we've got to go get jackets and um, we, pants, long pants and, and, yeah. and uh, mittens and stuff. I mean, it's stuff that I haven't thought about in years. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely a, it took a minute to transition because also during that time of year, like all oh, the trees are dead, the leaves are, have fallen off and it's cold and people really aren't going out and doing a lot of stuff. And so the first few months we were kind of like, well, this is an interesting place. This move isn't yeah. what we thought it was going to be. And then I think it was right around May is when the sun started to come out and people started going outside and the leaves started changing on the trees because we're both Holly and I are, we feel people and things and that uh, influences our mood. And Mm. so not having the things that we were used to, that was very much an adjustment. But once we hit May, it just felt like a freight train started. And then like the listeners started to call in and it, it felt more normal for us then. Yeah, exactly. Like, as you live up in the East Coast. I'm from Pennsylvania, so it's normal for me to deal with all four seasons. Mm-hmm. It's like once I'm in, if like Florida, somewhere warm, I'm like, well, like, how am I supposed to deal with all these hot weather? Because obviously, my state where I live deals with all four seasons. Mm. And like some places that I go, they only do like that at least like one or two, or just deal with everything at one specific time. So it's, like, very hard to deal with that point. But, like, you said, like, as you were talking about, like, working with Holly, you guys were making some moves to Charlotte from Florida. Like, can you tell us, like, kind of what it's like to be host of the show and be working with Molly in that specific form? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the cool things about Holly and I's relationship is that we've been together, working together for so long. So... It's and it's had different forms. Like when we first started working together, we were on a show with another guy who was the host. I was the producer and Holly was the second mic. And then as we've transitioned, we were on another show with four other people. Um, and when we were in Tampa, we had a few producers that came with us. And then we had a producer co-host with us, uh, Scott. So it's definitely been a learning experience for me going from a producer to a, ho- a host role. And then also sort of trying to help the producers we've had in the past that were sort of new to the industry, 
to help train them up. And so it very much, I always say it's sort of like a, a project manager mm -hmm. where I'm sort of like the air traffic controller and I set everyone else up on the show to fly off and shine mm -hmm. and not to just sit and be one of those hosts that, you know, hogs the mic time and I got to say everything and I've got to have the funny line. It's like, mm -hmm. no, 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 I want to set everyone else. Holly, um, our producer now, Kelvin, and then you calling in. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that everybody is set up for success. Exactly. Like, what is that? Like, for instance, you said you're a producer, then you're switching to a host of a radio station. Like, what, did you like do producing while radio hosting, or is it just kind of focusing on radio hosts as a whole? Yeah. So, in today's radio, you wear a lot of hats. So, back in the mm -hmm. day, um, you know, you would have a host, a co-host, another co-host, and you'd have uh, a phone screener to answer the calls. You'd have somebody to get audio for you. Then you'd have this and that. It's always, we've always worked with a very small staff and it's just yeah. us. So you just have to learn how to be very disciplined with your time and you have to learn how to delegate and how to have time management and always be on top of what's next and especially with our type of show where we are always moving forward there's always something going on next that you have to always make sure that your roadmap is in place so you know exactly what's going on where you're going um and that you have everything ready for the next uh the next break so a lot of pre-preparation i've learned um from my producing days that i've brought to being a host are super 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 important yeah, exactly. Like, imagine like doing all of those things in one specific thing. Because I, for me, I do this all alone. I don't have any help. So imagine doing all the hosting, producing, editing, and all those things by yourself in one specific time period. Now, obviously, I am still in high school. I am about to be a sophomore in high school. I'm literally only 15 years old. And I can't do these all alone. Like, how, how did you kind of process doing things, having a lot of things to do and kind of process um, doing one thing at a time, trying to go on to different things? Because for me, uh, personally, it's hard for me to, like, adjust and getting all these things to do and not having any motivation. Absolutely. It's all about time management. It's all about time management. I know that if I don't edit phone calls down, um, like as soon as we're done, I will edit some things that we're going to replay or play back tomorrow during the show. Whereas in the past, I'd be like, oh, I'm tired. I'll wait till I get there in the morning. But then if I put it off, then when I get here in the morning, that's going to make me probably 10 or 15 minutes behind. Then yeah. that means I'll be 10 or 15 minutes behind starting putting the show together and then writing out the teases and then getting audio together. And so then it's like you've set yourself up for failure from the very beginning. Yeah, exactly. And so that's why it's literally, and it's so much, because on the air, it sounds like it's fun, it's random, it's carefree, but there's so mm -hmm. much thought and intention that goes behind it. And so being able to like say, at 8.20, I want to do this fun bit where we do this. Mm -hmm. How do I backtrack to make sure that that's set up for success? Well, if we want to get our producer to go ask people questions about this to get audio, well, I need to do that two days before. Yeah. If I want to have some sort of stunt, I need to go a week before and make sure that we've set that up. So it's like there's so much pre-planning that you have to do in order to have that like 
four or five minutes of great fun or glory or whatever it is on the air. So a lot of it and so much of it is just pre-planning and plotting out where everything is going to be so you're not last minute. And then also, too, it allows you, when you pre-plan that much, to be able to go loose. And if something happens that's fun and we're like, ooh, this story popped up today that we weren't expecting, even though I have this whole thing planned, we can move it to tomorrow. Let's go down this route, this rabbit hole, and see how this goes. Yeah. That's why pre-planning is just so important. Exactly. It's like since like doing Miguel and Holly filming early in the morning, like how did you kind of manage waking up early for filming and dealing with your sleep schedule? You don't. And I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> After doing it for so long, uh, there is never a day where you leave the studio going, oh, I feel refreshed. I feel so great. Yeah. No, you leave every day going, I'm so tired. I'm going to try to go to bed early today. I'm going to go to try to bed early today. So you just keep trying to go to bed early. Um, So, and you also too just learn how to deal with it. Like I know that I can't schedule anything like between like three and five. It's very rare you'll find me doing something for work because I know that's when my brain is just, I'm done. I need to shut, shut it down. And that's another thing we've learned through the pandemic and being able to say no and giving yourself that time saying, I'm not a robot, I'm a creative being and I can't produce, 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 produce. I gotta take a break and I gotta reset. You gotta be able to know your body and your mind to be able to do those sort of things. So you don't get used to it, but you find ways to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. Like It's been like difficult for me, obviously, because I'm on summer break. I don't have school for a couple of months. So obviously, I just want to stay up late and sleep in for whatever time I have off. And mm-hmm. so when I sleep in, I have an interview early next day. I'm like, I do not want to wake up early. Like, this is like I dealt with uh, 180 school days like over last year. I need like sleep or something to deal with myself. And obviously, when I wake up in the interview, I'm like, oh, I hate this. Like, why do I have to wake up early? And, like, even though I love it, it's hard to deal with, like, waking early, waking up early and dealing with your sleep schedule. Because, obviously, I wake up at 2 o'clock in the afternoon in terms of sleeping. So, how am I supposed to deal with all that stuff while doing interviews early early in the day? Well, I think you have to put together what's important. Um, So for me, knowing that I love entertaining, I love making people feel good. Mm -hmm. So I know that to do this job and to do it well, I have to be rested and Mm -hmm. I've got to get my sleep. So I know that if I am like, ah, I don't want to wake up, I want to be late, that's going to make me panic. That's going to make the show not sound as well. Mm-hmm. And you never know what people are going through that are listening. So someone yeah. may have lost a family member or they may have lost their job. And the one shining moment that they have during the, sh- the day to make them smile is listening to our show. Yeah. So I would rather know that I'm going to affect their life in a positive way and hopefully give them a couple of seconds, a moment. They may probably forget about it an hour later. Yeah. But they smiled that day. They laughed that day. So to me, the sacrifice of, you know, I'm tired. I'm not going to, I'm going to edit stuff tomorrow, but that's going to make me not 
be at my best. And that's mm-hmm. not going to have us put the best product forward. And so that person's not going to have a great experience. And that's what they're tuning in for. Like when you go to your favorite restaurant, like they serve burgers, you know that every time you want a great burger. And if you go and you have somebody that had a bad day and they don't make that burger the way you want it, well, then you're kind of disappointed. And mm-hmm. to me, that's how I look at our show is I want to make sure that every time you listen to us, you listen to our podcast, you're getting exactly what you came in for. Exactly. Exactly. I totally agree on that. It's like, obviously, that's what, seriously what we do in terms of like what we do because like obviously we do this because we're passionate about it but the most important thing is to make people happy and join themselves right. so you don't know like you see you don't know what they're going through you might be going through something like you might lost a loved one or something like like you said and like one since like we like do since the quarantine we kind of like lost like ourselves a little bit since we're always home we couldn't leave the house. We couldn't see family. We couldn't live our lives like we did in before a quarantine happened. And right. so obviously we didn't know like what was going to happen and what we were supposed to do. So obviously during the pandemic, it really, really shows that you should bring some light in what you do and bring more entertainment for people to do. Because like you may never know, you might bring some joy in people's lives, like we said. Absolutely. People are fighting so many demons. They're fighting so many bad things in their lives. And my life is pretty good. Like we all have stuff that we deal with, but at the end of the day, like I signed up to entertain. Mm -hmm. And I've always said that the moment that I am stepping into this room and that's any broadcast facility um, or your room, like you are my room. If I'm wherever I'm opening up a microphone and talking, if I know that I'm not able to give joy, then I need to do something else for a living. Yeah, exactly. Because or else, like I'm not doing my job if I'm not making people happy. That's absolutely, it. absolutely. It's it's a huge responsibility, and it is a lot. It's a lot to shoulder to be the person that is there to provide daily feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's what we signed up for. Exactly. So, like, like, since you do shows and probably a bunch of times and everything, like, what is the process like for you to get ready for a show day? Like, like you kind of mentioned earlier. Yeah. So when I get here in the morning, um, I have all of my audio edited from the day before for for that day's show, um, and then I start the process of putting together all the puzzle pieces of the show. Like, we have the benchmarks, things that we do daily or weekly that we do. And then from there, you sort of take what stories uh, has Holly told or that I have or what's in pop culture, did anything happen overnight? And then you start to put the pieces together for the show. And then I start writing out um, teases for the show for segments that are coming up. And then I start to say, what are some social media elements for this? If we're talking about XYZ, is there anything social media wise that can go with that to sort of enhance the experience um, of the segment? And so then I sort of start to get all of that together. Um, and so that takes me two hours to do. And then by the time I'm like just finishing printing stuff off, it's time to go for the show. Mm-hmm. It's like time flies. Like you're working on something, then it's like, oh, wait, it's showtime already. It's that time oh, absolutely. Time all the time you just get lost in your mind and you're creating and you're like oh we should do this or we could do this or we could do that 
let me write this out let me print this and then it's like showtime ready to go the time goes by so fast exactly like that's how really it is when being entertainer like it really is and so like in your opinion what's like the hardest part about being a radio host um i think today there are just so many options mm -hmm. that you have to be great every day you can't be good every day you can't just think of oh this could be a good topic but is it really there are so many options, and that's why on our show, a lot of time, probably once a show or every other day, you'll hear us say, thank you for choosing to listen to us, because there are so many options. I mean, and even just the time that, you know, I've been doing radio uh, full time since college, there's so many options that people can choose to listen to, and especially with the explosion of podcasts over the past five years and especially during the pandemic when people sort of hunkered down with their favorite podcast because they connected to them mm -hmm. it's never lost on me that people choose to listen to us and so i think that's probably the hardest part is continuing to innovate and continuing yeah. to do things differently that's going to make you as a gen Zer um or a younger millennial want to listen to us because we just can't keep doing things the same way and so just always trying to be great every day and staying on top of is this what people want to hear is this interesting to them because it can't just be interesting to me it's got to be interesting for you listening so making sure that you're always balancing all of those things um that's probably one of the hardest parts of the job and waking up early in the morning <laughs> yeah 100 percent. like that's like the hardest part for me like i'm not a morning person mm -hmm. or neither a night person like i just don't like it for some reason even though i love what i do i just on my free time i'm like well like i don't want to wake up early it's like the hardest part about what we do so wake up early in our schedule like mm -hmm. come on it's true. It, and it is a difficult, difficult thing. But to me, there's nothing like having a moment on the air where we're all laughing and having fun and someone tweets us or someone calls in and they go, I was having the worst day ever and you just put a smile on my face and I haven't smiled in weeks. Thank you. Nothing beats that. And exactly. It exactly. Really, nothing beats that. This is what we do. Well, this is the reason what we do. Like when we receive messages saying like, oh, I love what you do, whatever, that just makes us grateful for what we do, making, enjoying people's lives. If we didn't get those messages, then what are we doing? Right, absolutely, absolutely. So it's just, it's nice to hear that feedback, to know that someone is on the other end and that someone is enjoying the creative uh, projects and uh, thoughts that you have uh, when you put it out into the universe, that they are, receiving it and they are internalizing it and it's hopefully making their day and their life a little bit better 100 so do you have anyone that you look up to as a radio host or as in general do you have anyone that you like look up to or anything absolutely uh there is uh burt weiss in atlanta um the morning show i grew up listening to i still listen to his show i'm still a fan um even though he's super nice and you know he's he would probably be like, oh, yeah, that's my colleague, you know, in the industry. But I'm still like, oh, hey, Burr. I still look up to him. Yeah. Um, also, um, 
Eric Rao, who is the producer of the Rule and Ryan show in Houston. He's been a very great, great guide and uh, mentor for me through the years. Um, and then, of course, Elvis Duran in New York. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, everyone loves him, and he's done such a great job for the Top 40 world. Um, and then there's just other people throughout the years that have just been so supportive, like Angela Pirelli. Um, she is a talent slash life coach who's always been amazing for me. Um, and Randy Lane, um, just some people from the radio world that have just been so supportive and friendly and helpful throughout the years. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, like, I feel like when you, like, you've been doing this for a couple of years, like, do, like, do you have anyone that you met, like, in the industry or as a radio host that you're like, oh, my God, like, this can't be happening right now. Like, I'm so, like, starstruck or something. Yeah, I think uh, probably Bobby Bones would be one of those people who, um, him and I have known each other, like, just from social media, um, from before he went to Nashville, when I was just a little producer, and he was doing a show in Austin, and um, we both were trying to be on, uh, I think it was Regis and Kelly back in the day, like, uh, they had radio people on for the week, and one of them were out, one of them was out, and I had no shot of getting that at all, but Bobby Bones uh, was also trying it, and he got it. And so I made this sort of response video and I was like, oh, Bobby Bones, what sort of name is that? What are you talking about? And he tweeted me and was like, dude, that was really funny. And I was like, oh, thanks. And then a few years later, he went to Nashville and now he is everywhere in the country and um, um, on Dancing with the Stars and has a TV show and has written several books. And then about Three years ago, um, we were at Morning Show Boot Camp, and he came up to me, and he remembered who I was. And I was kind of like, oh, wow. That was, like, literally a Twitter exchange we had, like, 10 years ago, and he still remember it. So that was that was a really, really cool moment. Yeah, it's just something you're like, oh, my God. Like, I literally just sent this video as a joke, and then just yeah. over and over. And then all these years later, he's like, hey, how's it going? And I was like, that, that was really cool of him to do that. Mm -hmm, exactly. So like, the final question is, what is some advice for people that like to become a radio host or just kind of starting out as a radio host? I would say read a lot, be well read when it comes to being able to um, understand and decipher a bunch of information. And also, and I know this sounds like the most boring thing in the world, but it's so important, time management. That is so important. It's so important. Um, even if you're not doing a morning show, um, because everybody wears so many hats in radio now mm -hmm. that you've got to know how to delegate your time preciously. Um, and I would say start now. What you're doing now with your podcast, um, you know, making videos. And you, when you are a radio personality, you're like a jack of all trades. And it's like, you know, you have a, a late night show or a, a cable variety show or whatever, where they've got a staff of writers and producers and this and that. It's just us. It's just us doing it. So you've got to be good at a little bit of everything. You got to be good at graphics and editing, being able to tell a story, uh, being able to relate to people, being able to take phone calls, be able to move fast, read a lot of information. You got to post on social media. So just sort of having all of those skills of time management um, and start the process now because before I started, there was no, we had MySpace, but it wasn't 
for public consumption. It was just with your friends. We didn't understand how social media could help you reach your audience until I had started radio. So like start that process now, build your following now, because I'm pretty sure as time goes on and the sort of old, old hats, you know, start to uh, retire and then maybe they hopefully move up, you know, us elder millennials into those positions. Yeah. You know, you'll have your Gen Z, y'all are coming up and then the generation before you. And so probably we're going to be like, well, what have you done? You know, mm-hmm. be able to show that you can manage all of these different aspects of a brand. Um, so start to understand what's your brand? What do you want to be known for? And it can't be just, I want to be famous. What does it want to be? Do you want to change the world? Do you want to help people? Do you want to make people laugh? What is it that you want to do? Because as we get older and as media starts to splinter even more, Mm -hmm. you're going to want to be known for something. And that's how you're going to punch through and and build an audience is being known for something. So why not work on it now? Exactly. Exactly. Change really starts today, today if you really want to pursue what you want to pursue, especially now. It's really, 2022 is really almost around the corner and ending. Mm-hmm. So it really is the time is today is to change the world, exactly. Absolutely, 100%. And so thank you so much for coming, jumping on the podcast. It was so great to speak with you. I had such a blast talking with you. And, and where can people find you on social media if you want like, to connect with you or anything? Yeah, uh, at Miguel Fuller on Insta on TikTok, um, and then there's Miguel and Holly, um, our show page on Instagram and Twitter as well. And if you still use Facebook, which you probably don't, uh, <laughs> facebook.com slash Radio Miguel for us old hats who still like that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So thank you so much for coming on again, and we'll definitely speak soon for sure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.